Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Okay, this is super weird timing, but I've just got a Facebook message from a random saying, what is your podcast about? Like someone I don't know, they're not my friend. It just came up on my phone. Guerrilla marketing. What have you been doing? Guerrilla marketing. Yeah, I've been marketing this podcast in the expat Facebook chat here in Lisbon. <laughs> Going for the big fish. No. I really am. Well, you know what? There's 52,000 members in this Facebook oh, chat. So maybe I should have put the name of the podcast in. Um, anyway, everyone, if you've just tuned, tuned in, which of course you have, because this is the very start of the podcast. Um, I'm what is the- on the hunt for a podcast studio and i posted in the fa- in a facebook group here in lisbon asking if anyone had a studio and now i've just had a random as soon as squish and i got on the mic to record uh reach out and ask what the podcast is about so the shit show might have one extra listener what do you think would happen if i posted or if i asked that question in uh marlboro cool cat chat um i think it would be like you stupid young woke people what is a podcast go and listen to national radio yes no someone would tell me to fuck <laughs> off probably <laughs> yeah actually dad did say that you've been listening to a bit of national radio yeah yeah RNZ's is great i listen to it on it's oh. the it's the radio station in my car so i listen to it on the way out to work oh. and on the way back we do the love panel RNZ the panel with uh, wallace chapman it's great Okay. Welcome to the shit show, everybody. You're joined, as always, by Lucy, that's me, and by Squish. That's That me. is you. That's you. Um, that's my brother. We're from New Zealand. I don't know why I'm deciding to like intro us like three years into the podcast. I was gonna say it sounds like a like a like a television ad. I know. Uh, that's my brother and we are incontinent. No, it's the start of the wild thornberries. Wait. No. Incontinent. <laughs> what does that mean? Does that mean you it means you yourself? can't hold your pee in. <laughs> it's because, like, the last ad I remember seeing is one of these old people walking down a beach being like, we're not embarrassed to wear nappies or adult diapers. <laughs> and why the fuck did you think that would apply to us? But, yeah, in- instead it was, that's my brother Donnie. You know. <laughs> yeah, he can talk to animals. Oh, no, I can talk yes. to animals. <laughs> oh, yeah, she can talk to animals. Oh, yeah, Don- but can't, can Donnie or does Donnie just talk like an animal? 
Anyway, oh, we there's, usually give you the news. We don't usually do this. But today well, we're going to give you our life story <laughs> and our medical conditions. <laughs> no, but we're not incontinent. I don't know. Well, why'd you say that we are? I don't know. But we are going to give you the news. We are going to be here every week to give you the news. And we start each episode off with the weirdest thing we both saw on the internet this week. And Squish, I think we might start with yours. Well, you actually thought of both of them this week. Well, I've changed mine. Mine's now <laughs> mine's now the intro to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's been a weird one. Uh, the weirdest thing I saw on the internet this week was the Bored Ape Yacht Club Conference in Hong Kong. Oh, they're still having them. Yeah. Firstly, it was weird because who cares? <laughs> um, second of all, it was it was weird because there are reports, or many reports came out, that attendees of the Bored Ape Yacht Club Festival, it was called Ape Fest, um, it was on November 4th, it was in Hong Kong. Um, and people have reported burns, damaged vision, and extreme pain in their eyes, which they attribute the use of uh, improper lighting. Um, so that improper lighting being, reportedly, industrial strength UV germicide lamps used in what? the place of regular UV black lights. Okay, I thought it was because, you know how you always see um, the apes with the lasers pointing out of their eyes? I thought, like, at this conference, they had some sort of fucking laser pop-up where you could turn into your board ape with the lasers and their eyes were all getting zzz. No, apparently it was the uh, the DJ booth had these big uh, like purple black lights all around it, but they were actually germicide lamps. Oh. Um, so Fouled4014, I don't know if that's got any meaning or anything, they tweeted, anyone else's eyes burning la- from last night? Woke up at 3am with extreme pain and ended up in the <gasps> ER. <laughs> so- because of germicide lamps. Do you know what it reminds me of? This is a niche reference and I, re- I wonder if even you'll get it. You know on Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping and he gives his friend, what's his name? The, the little DJ guy, the kid? No, I don't know what his name is. And he gives him that giant helmet that has the light that can shoot up to space <laughs> and he puts it on and he falls <laughs> over <laughs> Yeah, it's basically a lot like that. (laughs) I really hope someone can make sense of that because, as Nick was saying, their eyes hurt. I imagined it was because they were getting laser beamed from Connor Farrell's friend. Um, Anyway, Nick also brought the other weirdest thing. Squish also sent my weirdest thing to me this week, or he dropped it in the Shit Show Slack channel. Um, so this isn't a surprise to him, but the headline is the Wiggles deeply disappointed with Bunbury Council's decision to play hot potato to drive off homeless. So yeah, the Wiggles are not, they're wiggling their fingers. They are not happy, um, that Western Australia's largest regional city squish is using hot potato to piss homeless people off enough that they'll leave a regularly used shelter and sleeping spot. So anyway, hot potato's just been played on a loop to deter homeless people. And yeah, the Wiggles reckon their music is created to bring joy and happiness to children and families across the world. And they are deeply disappointed to hear that it's being used in any other way. It's kind of a tease, isn't it? What? Hot potato. Like... Yeah, like playing a song about food yeah, to people yeah, that are probably hungry. Yes. None of that's good. Can we just be on the record saying 
maybe give them a sleeping bag. Don't like scare them out with wiggle songs. Though I will say, if they'd played Choot Choot Chugga Chugga Big Red Car, that would just attract more people, I think. Squish, we're just going to get right into the hot girl headlines today. Um, cool. First one is actually a good news story, which usually we only have one of them that's hard enough to find and they're at the end of the episode, but there's one in the hot girl headlines. Thousands to be offered drug to prevent breast cancer in England. That's from the BBC. Nick, tens of thousands of women in England could be getting a drug or could be, what's it called, eligible for a drug that was once or has been used for many years to treat breast cancer but is now licensed as a preventative option. So recent trials have shown that the drug can reduce the incidence of breast cancer by almost 50% in postmenopausal women at increased risk. And yeah, basically it's a preventative drug that thousands of people are going to be offered in the UK. So I think that's great. That's pretty cool, yeah. Um, my next story not so great. Grenade among birthday gifts kills advisor to Ukraine's military chief. Did you see this story, Squish? Uh, no, I, I, I didn't. Okay. So a close advisor to the commander-in-chief of Ukraine's army has been killed after a grenade um, exploded that was amongst his birthday presents. So when I first Jeez. read about this... It sounded like an assassination attempt, right? Like, Yeah, it does, right? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I mean, it's still under investigation, but this was, police say that they're looking for the soldier that gave him the gift because it was actually like a gift that he had been given, like a group of grenades, um, which isn't fucking interesting gift. And then apparently, or according to the BBC, at first the son took the grenade in his hands and began to turn the ring. And so the dad took the grenade away from the child and pulled the ring, accidentally causing an explosion that killed him. Um, so, yeah, this is obviously devastating. It's like, don't give people grenades as birthday gifts kind of yeah, takeaway. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Especially yeah. grenades that are, like, still live. Well, like. Exactly. It's it's just like, yeah. And then so, yeah, he was trying to take it off his kid and that happened. So not the best story to end on, which is lucky because our third hot girl headline, I think Normie actually sent this to me. But Squish, you've written something here about treasure. I am my father's son. Um, Yes, a real life treasure ship has been, well, it was found a while ago, but they want to pull it up now. Um, so it's called the San Jose. It's a shipwreck that holds an estimated $33 billion in treasure. Um, it's set to be recovered by Colombia from the Caribbean Sea, where it's been sitting there since 1708, which is quite a long time ago. So the president of Colombia, uh, Gustavo Petro, um, he wants the ship's recovery before his term ends in 2026. So I guess he wants to boost the uh, the government coffers yeah. a little bit. Obviously, people are uh, disputing the ownership of the treasure yes. because it was a Spanish ship. Um, so Spain wants it. Uh, yes. Colombia wants it because it's in their waters. Um, and there's an indigenous tribe from Bolivia that also 
want some of it. I don't know why. I didn't go too deep into the research. <laughs> and the US company that found the boat back in the 80s wants a little bit as well. Um, okay. How the fuck do they decide that? That's actually a really interesting story. Find us keepers, baby. You reckon? So then the US should have it. Whoever gets there first. Oh. It's like, did you ever watch Outer Banks? Nah. The US shouldn't get to claim it because uh, I know where they'll be putting that money. Yeah. I think it should be a ragtag group of uh, treasure hunters that... Yes. Uh, from New Zealand that have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. If anyone wants to sponsor this... Um, I've got little to no diving experience. In fact, I don't even like the water that much, but I'll do it for 33 billy. 33 I'll go down there. Dollars. Well, I wonder what the treasure is. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you. Gold, silver, and emeralds. <sighs> okay. The ship is laden. I'm not going to lie. See, that's real classic, yeah. like classic pirate booty, that, that shit. That is exactly what I was going to say. Like, that is so textbook treasure. <gasps> we should follow that story. You go down there and there's some big treasure yes. chests. You, there's a starfish on it. You open it up and it goes shine and someone goes, ah. Yes. Where is that image that we both have in our mind? Is it probably SpongeBob or something? Yeah, I'm thinking SpongeBob. I'm thinking of a cartoon treasure same, chest. Same, 100%. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Squish, hot girl headlines aside, we've got a hot boy who's been in hot water. Actually, I don't think he's hot. Just said that for a laugh. I didn't realize this next story had actually happened. So please enlighten us. Yes. Um, Sam Bankman Freed, the founder of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX, he faced uh, his trial last week, which concluded with a guilty verdict on all seven of the charges of fraud and conspiracy uh, against him. So everyone, Sam Bankman-Fried is like one of those wonderkind sort of like young founders that everyone gassed the fuck up and was so charming. Like apparently he would like play computer games while he was making pitches like to investors and shit because he was so charming and just like with it. Yeah, he was he was obsessed with with uh League of Legends, so he'd be playing that while doing interviews with yeah. with people while on important calls and things like that. Um he was delusional, I guess. He was Delulu. Was, he was Delulu. Yeah. The whole sort of his his whole shtick was like he's gonna make so much money that he's gonna save the world sort of thing, you know, effective altruism. He's gonna do his Oh so, yeah. 
It's a good word. I was word, about eh? to say he was an effective altruist. Yeah, it was like similar to like Bill Gates is like he makes so much money that he's going to save the world. But like he was convinced he was going to be a trillionaire, the world's first trillionaire. And so what happened? Give us, give us the tea. Yeah. So despite admitting mistakes in management of FTX, he sort of claimed that it was a high risk business and he fucked it up. He pleaded not guilty to all of these charges. Although three former employees, including his ex girlfriend Caroline Allison, who's really important to the story um she testified against him so his sentencing is scheduled for march 28th 2024 so that's quite a while away that's like a good couple of months yeah um and he faces a potential total of 110 years in prison for essentially the the theft of 10 billion dollars of his customers money um so he yeah he, he awaits sentence, sentencing in a brooklyn jail and there's a another trial coming up which uh has additional charges including bribery holy shit some pretty big charges it's really how the mighty fall and it is like like we laugh about crypto and we joke about crypto but it's so many people one made their livelihoods like sam backman freed and lost their livelihoods like the people whose money he mismanaged mismanaged he, he stole it he just straight up stole it for those of us that are less aware of what actually went down do you have a little history of this case yeah so bankman freed started ftx in 2019 um his valuation rose like a rocket during the stimmy check fueled post-pandemic crypto boom it had sponsorship over everything it was ftx stadium all sort of stuff like that but prosecutors reckon that the operation was a fraud from the start so the gist of the fraud is basically that he promoted the exchange to investors and the public is safe and secure um he paid big bucks to like heaps of celebrities to tell us just exactly that um meanwhile the um bankman freed's former colleagues testified that it was just made up numbers so the the valuation was basically based off this token token called ftt and they would basically trade that between uh, FTX and Alameda Research, which is the the investment firm run by Caroline Allison. Basically, they would trade that oh. amongst themselves and boost the the numbers way up. It's basically like this this token based on nothing was worth so much. Yeah, and they made it seem like it was worth heaps. Um, and then when when people large holders of this FTT about a year ago tried to withdraw it. <gasps> They couldn't, and then the valuation collapsed, and then the company went bankrupt. So this is where I'm like a little bit stupid. It's a crypto exchange, so people had basically, like as if it was a bank, people had money that was being held and looked after and traded to make them more money. Yeah, so people thought they were buying Bitcoin and like things like that. Really, that it was going into the FTX account. They were using it to trade FTT, yeah. Uh, and other things, other small derivatives and blah, 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 or things like this. Pumping the valuations way up when, oh. in reality, the money that people saw, you know, $15,000 worth of Bitcoin or whatever yeah. in their account, really that didn't exist. It was the company had used it to buy FTT. Yeah. When the valuation of that crashed, people tried to withdraw Bitcoin, which didn't actually exist. Oh, shit. I think it's the gist of it. If I've got anything wrong, let me know. But So, so essentially... They were seeing money in their accounts and it did not exist, or crypto in their accounts, yeah. currency. To be fair, the banks the banks do this to a degree. So we see, you know, I see $4.50 in my bank account. The bank, 
maybe that's not a great example because the bank would have $4.50. Say I had $100,000. The bank, if I go down to the ANZ on Main Street here in Blenheim, they probably don't have $100,000 in the safe. Yes, yep. It's, you know, they've borrowed that out to people, you know, for mortgages and blah, 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 and businesses and things like that. But they can get that back fairly easily if I wanted to, say, withdraw $100,000. Yes. Um, So that's relatively low risk. But what Sam Bankman-Fried was doing was high risk, also fraud. Yeah, because people didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't made clear that this is what was happening. So, because you said earlier, like, he's basically, he faces 110 110 years in prison for basically the theft of $10 billion. Yeah. So, so many people fucking lost money, like, because... Is it even insurance? Obviously, you can't insure investments because it's just pure risk. That's a dumb question. So they're just there is like bankruptcy I uh, trials and things like that that you can do. So weirdly, some of the investments that they made, um, they made a really big investment in an AI firm called Anthropic, um, and obviously AI is popping off now. Relatively more secure than than crypto, you know. Yeah, like there's actually underlying technology that yeah. that backs all this stuff up. Uh, and that investment's now worth like $8 billion or something. Shit. So weirdly, some of the investments that they did make are starting to pay off. Um, so hopefully people will be able to get their money back. Wow, I wonder if this wasn't discovered that SBF was sort of doing shady things. If he just would have made all this, like, and the AI investment really kicked off. like. Well, yeah, but then if he'd, had, if he'd been going for another year, maybe he would waste his money doing other things so i don't know it seems true anyway so what's he actually been found guilty for he's been found guilty seven charges including wire fraud conspiracy to commit fraud and commodities fraud and money laundering so those are uh pretty big like as far as like financial crimes go conspiracy to commit fraud and commodities fraud uh money laundering they're pretty big ones they uh yeah. Wow. And so, do you think he actually? Because you know how he pleaded not guilty. Do you think he actually believes he's not guilty? Like he's that Delulu? Or I don't know, man. Like, do you think by pleading not guilty, there was a chance, like a very small chance, that he would win the trial? But I mean, if he pleaded guilty, he would have gone to prison anyway. So I don't know. I don't think the judge likes him very much. So I don't think he's going to be kind. I can't imagine so. Speaking of conspiracy and interference, Squish, someone got involved or is getting involved in New Zealand's most important election. And an election we've covered on the shit show before. I got a DM from my friend the other night um, who said, you are never going to believe this, but the campaign for the Australasian Crested Grebe is being managed or being supported by John Oliver. And he wouldn't message me that out of the blue. Like, that's a weird thing to just message me out of the blue. But it was because last year, he, the person that DM'd me, had approached me being like, I'm going to apply to um, be the campaign manager for the Putiki Tiki, which is the Australasian Crested Grebe. Can you help us with the campaign? Like, we really want this bird to win. It's really unlikely to win, and it's quite a strange bird. And I was like, yep, cool. Like, let me know if you're the campaign manager and we'll do something. Um, And then the next day he was like, oh, I got beaten out for the campaign manager by a few hours. And then this year he tried to apply again, but was beaten out again, but he was told that 
he'd been beaten by a fairly large media organization from overseas who, it turns out, the media organization that is campaigning for the Putikitiki is John Oliver, HBO, what's his show? Late Night? Late Night Today or some shit like that. Last week today? Late Night Tomorrow? Somewhat, something. Anyway, it's John Oliver. He's iconic. Um, But Squish, so... He's gotten involved in this really niche campaign. Seems weird for him. But not only has he gotten involved in it, he has launched a global campaign with billboards in New Zealand, Japan, France, the UK, India, Wisconsin. And someone in in the newsletter responses to this was like, "Um, yeah, for some reason there's a fucking bird of the year poster or billboard up in Wisconsin, which was just so weird. Even a plane that had a banner with the Putikitiki on the back of it, like flew across the beaches of Rio de Janeiro. And it's just this huge campaign, Squish, for Bird of the Year, which is actually Bird of the Century this time around. Yeah, Bird of the Century to celebrate 150 years of um, uh, forest and bird, right? Uh, I didn't realise it was actually so a fish. Um, that he's actually no, the official it's... campaign manager. I thought this was blatant election interference from overseas, but it turns out um, Forrest and Bird are complicit. If he's the camp- official campaign manager, if Ezra was beaten out by it. Well, I don't know if he or the organisation, but, but yeah, the fact that it had gone through all the relevant streams mm-hmm. to get there. So... Um, a bunch of you might have seen the video where he talks about it, or maybe you haven't, but basically when he's describing the putikitiki, he says they are weird puking birds with colourful mullets because they eat hundreds of their feathers to line their stomachs and then vomit them back up again, which is very strange. And then he says, so what's not to love? And then he makes some jokes about America doing what they do best, interfering or democracy working at its best or something about interfering <laughs> with elections and apparently like the voter turnout obviously has just been fucking crazy for this and Nick, when I wrote about this in the newsletter I actually got a response from someone who works for Forest and Bird saying The John Oliver thing is absolutely nuts. We've got around 12,000 users per minute on the voting website, which is really great but really stressful because we have to manually verify the voting emails. And then she went on to say, for the sake of our wonderful local campaigners, if you are able to give a shout-out to the whole Bird of the Century campaign, that would be amazing. So, everyone, you can pick the bird of your choice. Um... I don't know how much it's going to help because I dare say the Putikitiki is like slaying. You can go to www.birdoftheyear.org.nz and pick who you want and try not to be swayed by all the money that's gone into John Oliver's campaign. But Nick, I think yesterday there was like almost 50,000 votes that it were being verified for the Putikitiki and I think in total last year they got like 52,000 votes. Like, I mean, it is it is bird of the century, so I would expect a higher turnout. I was going to say input, but no, turnout, turnout? is the right, uh, right word. I went and voted. Um, I committed my – I performed my civic duty. Yes. Um, usually I wouldn't vote for such a mainstream 
birds such as the the great brown kiwi. But this year, I put my vote since it's bird of the century and it's the most iconic New Zealand bird. I put my vote behind the kiwi. Um, I'm not, you know, advocating for anyone else to do the same, but I thought for such a big, big important event, I went kiwi. I haven't voted yet. I will say. I did find it funny that John Oliver's team made a whole website called like votethisbird.org or something. And it's just, it's a pootiki tiki dressed up as John Oliver sitting behind a desk. Like, they, Nick, they poured money into this campaign. The posters that are around are like Lord of the Wings, vote November 2023. Like, wow. Banners and shit. Like, not. Not to tell you who to vote for. I mean, if it gets thousands more people involved, the forest and bird competition, and hopefully some of this translates to donations. And I was going to say, because this is all about conservation, a lot of these birds are actually exactly. endangered birds. We did get, Nick, another response. There was a, a lot of responses that were relevant to my newsletter that I wrote about this for the shit show. Um, someone said, I had somebody from Zealandia come into the bookshop that I work in to ask us to put up a poster for the local bird that they were campaigning for because apparently they had 60,000 votes come in from America overnight for the tiki tiki. So yeah, get out there and vote, everybody. Get out there and vote for Bird of the Year. And just the last thing on that, I also think this isn't the first time there's been... Inter- well, hasn't there been interference with the Bird of the Year... Um, elections before? Elections. Uh, I think I've tried to do election interference in the past before because um, our friend of the podcast, uh, Nitch, he um, he was a campaign manager for the Kiriria, the New Zealand Falcon. Oh. So I think I advocated for that in the past. But since we're pretty low stakes, I don't think that counts. Oh, and also, I remember the um, the election interference was actually for the fat bear awards or whatever it was called and there was some ballot stuffing oh yeah and that was like two weeks ago so <laughs> no, but i thought in the and like every year there's some sort of <laughs> fat bear election interference why is this the shit show's Look, name you know we're gonna cover we you know we're gonna cover animal elections <laughs> you know we're gonna cover animal elections better than we're gonna cover like real people elections yeah, but John Oliver said something about a bird. So. so, and he sunk a lot of money into advertising. Damn, has it worked? We've, yeah, we've only talked for half an hour about it. Right, those good news story, please. Good news story. Unfortunately, so fucking on brand for this podcast. A brown bear that was set to be killed in Sweden has arrived in Devon after travelling by Eurotunnel. <laughs> the channel. The channel. So Wildwood Trust, which is a conservation charity, said that it had helped rescue Diego, who was the last remaining bear at a Swedish zoo. Swedish zoo. Yeah, Diego. What are you- a bear named Diego. That's D- Diego from Sweden. I was about to say Diego is reserved to be the hot lion, the hot tiger from Ice Age. Was it a lion or a tiger? Saber tooth tiger. Saber tooth tiger. And do you- was it hot? But- <laughs> saying that because I saw a tweet or a TikTok or something that was like... Oh, fucking shit. Okay, I think it's time that we all admit Diego from Ice Age was hot. 
Right, I'm just going to let that hang out there a anyway, little bit and see Diego, where it lands. <laughs> anyway, Diego from Sweden um, has taken the Eurotunnel and arrived in England. And the reason that he had to be transported away was because Sweden's Orsa Predator Park is closing and staff were told to euthanize any animals left behind. Oh, Jesus. I know. So Diego had a lucky escape through the tunnel. Listen to this, Squish. Mr. Habin, Director of Zoological Operations at the Trust, said the 57 stone bear was originally booked on the ferry, but Storm Kieran made it too risky as an option. We had to make last-minute arrangements to transport him by train. He had his own carriage. He was awake, but tired and sleepy. Hell yeah. (laughs) And apparently he's settling in well, so that's really cute. Good on Diego. Diego the bear. Anyway, team, that's all that we've got for you this week. Uh, But we'll be back next week with more news without giving you the blues. And we will not be lying about being incontinent again. That was weird, wasn't it, everyone? Yes. Yeah, world's weirdest lie. World's weirdest lie, honestly. Anyway, Squish, anything you got to say to the people before you go? No, love you. (laughs) Oh, cute. And goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.